Let's begin. Psalms 112. Praise the Lord. How blessed is the one who obeys the Lord, who takes great delight in keeping his commands. His descendants will be powerful on the earth. The godly will be blessed. His house contains wealth and riches. His integrity endures. In the darkness of night shines for the godly. For each one who is merciful, compassionate, and just. It goes well for the one who generously lends money and conducts his business honestly. For he will never be upended. Others will always remember the one who is just. He does not fear bad news. He is confident because he trusts in the Lord. His resolve is firm. He will not succumb to fear before he looks in triumph on his enemies. He generously gives to the needy. His integrity endures. When the wicked see this, they will worry. And they will grind their teeth in frustration and melt away. The desire of the wicked will perish. Amen. Heart has been 
surrounded by such a great cloud of witness we must get rid of every weight and the sin that so clings closely to us and run up into the heavens for the enduring grace set out for us keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus who is the pioneer and perfecter of our faith it's for the joy that was set before him he endured the cross Disregarding his shame and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. Eternity, pray. 
come up, come up, come up and see this warrior king, this warrior king, oh. And we give you ourselves living sacrifices, bodies you have prepared, we give back to you. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Shout to the Lord, my heart, my soul, my strength, and all my mind. Oh, is your consent. All you got to do is just give him your consent. I give you myself, Lord. I'm not going to hold back. Won't you, Lord? Just consent. I'll give you everything, says the Lord. Just consent. He won't impose his will on you. 
just consent to him. Just a real simple, Lord, take me. I'm yours. I just want you to want me. I just want you to want me, says the Lord. I'll give you all the riches. It may feel a little awkward sometimes, but I just consent to you, Lord. It may feel weak, but I just give you me. It's all I got to give. I just bring my body and present it as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to you, Lord. Just your consent, just your consent. I want you, says the Lord. Just offer up yourself to the Lord. We say yes. I say yes, Lord. All of me, all of me, all of me.
the redeemed of the Lord say so, say so, say so. Open your hearts and open your mouths in belief and faith, in belief and faith. So great a cloud of witnesses waiting for you to open your mouth. Oh. Open your mouth, open your mouth, that the King may come in, the King may come in. The redeemed of the Lord say so, the redeemed of the Lord say so. It's not the government, no, no, no. The redeemed of the Lord say so. Yes and amen. Yes and amen. All the promises. All the promises. But best of all, best of all, the Son of Man, the King Eternal. Oh, the great morning star, the enduring dawn, the enduring dawn.
of Jehovah, the goodness and grace of Jehovah, the living fire, 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 oh, the anointing, the anointing, the anointed ruler. and Omega, the beginning and the end, the author and finisher, the king over all. Oh, come, come. Release your heart, release your heart, release your heart. Open your mouth and breathe the fire. Oh, breathe the Spirit, breathe the King.
Deuteronomy 32. Listen, O heavens, and I will speak. Hear, O earth, the words of my mouth. My teaching will drop like the rain, and my sayings will drip like the dew. As rain drops upon the grass and showers upon the new growth, I proclaim the name of the Lord. You must acknowledge the greatness of our God. As for the rock, his work is perfect, for all his ways are just. He is a reliable God who is never unjust. He is fair and upright. His people have been unfaithful to him. They have not acted like the children. This is their sin. There have been perverse and deceitful generation. Is this how you repay the Lord? You foolish, unwise people. Is he not your father, your creator? He has made you and established you. Remember the ancient days and bear in mind the years of past generations. Ask your father and he will inform you, your elders, and they will tell you. When the Most High gave the nations their inheritance, and when he had divided up humankind, he set the boundaries of the people according to the number of the heavenly assembly. For the Lord's allotment is his people, Jacob is his special possession. The Lord found him in a desolate land and an empty wasteland where animals howl. He continually guarded him and taught him. He continually protected him like the pupil of his eye. And like an eagle that stirs up its nest that hovers over its young. So the Lord spread out his wings and took him. And he lifted him up on his pinions. The Lord alone is guiding him, and no foreign God was with him. He enabled him to travel over the high terrain of the land, and he ate the produce of the fields. He provides honey for him from his cliffs, and the olive oil from the hardest of rocks, butter from the herd, and milk from the flock, along with the fat of lambs, rams, and goats of Bashan along with the best of the kernels of wheat and from the juice of grapes you drink wine See now that I, indeed I, am he, says the Lord. There is no other God besides me. I kill and give life. I smash and I heal. And none can resist my power. I raise up my hand to heaven and say, as surely as I live forever, I will sharpen my lightning like sword. And my hand will grasp hold of the weapon of judgment. I will execute vengeance on my foes and repay those who hate me. I will make my arrows drunk with blood and my sword will devour flesh. The blood of the slaughtered and captured, the chief of the enemy's leaders. Cry out, old nations, with his people, for he will avenge his servants' blood. And he will take vengeance against his enemies and make atonement for his land 
to this uh, eve of Rosh Hashanah uh, this evening, Rosh Hashanah coming into tomorrow, the, the beginning of the new year, 5783, the Holy Spirit has instructed me in this text, in Psalms 110, 5, O Sovereign Lord at your right hand, strike down the kings day that you unleash your anger and execute judgment against the nations and fill the valleys with corpses and shatter their heads over the vast battlefield. He, he just shared with me, I want you to read 
some of these nations. I'm going to read these uh, some of the nations of the earth right now. Hey, the Lord wants his full inheritance in the earth, and he deserves it. And what's happening right now is there's an agreement. Even what we've come into of the one new man, and even as we've transitioned from the Davidic era into a Solomonic era for the release of God's global government in the nations. Today we put them Revelation 12, it says, and the man-child was caught up to God and his throne. We, the people of God, have been caught up to the throne, the sapphire throne. And now we're caught up to God. And he says, I'm right here at your right hand. He's ready to deliver, deliver an announcement. We deliver this in conjunction with his government here on the earth. It said, when the man-child was caught up to God into his throne, then, the then is coming, and I'm here to pronounce it ahead of time. It's already been pronounced by John, who was caught up to God in his throne himself at Patmos. But here, the end-time church, in agreement with the out-of-space-time reality, in agreement here on the earth, the Lord would divest the powers of the air that Adam gave up because the blood of Jesus has purchased the right for his elect to ascend into those dominion powers and principality sites and sit the government. The government of the Melchizedek order. The one that Jesus is high priest over. Our king deserves the right. The restoration of all things is upon us great end time move that the, the church would ascend and sit in the heavenly seats on a global scale. Singapore, Ireland, Germany, Spain, Turkey, the UK, Mongolia, Taiwan, Brazil, Canada, Mexico, the Dominican Republic, France, India, the Russian Federation, Australia, Uganda, Kenya, 
all the continent of Africa, Indonesia, Israel, Nigeria, Colombia, Lithuania, Pakistan, Thailand, Tunisia, El Salvador, the Netherlands, the Republic of Korea, North Korea, the Ukraine, Bangladesh, Belarus, Egypt, Honduras, the Islamic Republic of Iran, Italy, Saudi Arabia, Sweden, Switzerland, Vietnam, Austria, Azerbaijan, the Bolivian Republic of Venezuela, Greece, Hungary, Japan, Liberia, Poland, Romania, and all the ones that are not named.
If you don't know what to sing, sing in tongues. If you don't know what to sing, sing in tongues, sing in tongues. Versus them, oh, we are alive. We burn for them. We burn for them. She amori malna dare ambesandare ki indar marenare. Oh, ni amalera me ba bashandere me ki afusandare variela. Don't be fooled and thinking we're in Mills River. Don't be fooled by the spirit and faith. We're all over. Don't be fooled. We're seated in heavenlies, and the inheritance of the King is what we're crying out for.
That a man exiled on Patmos can be caught up to the throne and to his God, receive the revelation of Jesus Christ, one man exiled. That Paul could say, whether in the body or out of the body, I don't know, but I was caught up to the third heaven and received the doctrine for which we receive today one man and that God couldn't gather a corporate remnant to himself here in this Mills River Valley that was caught up to God and to his throne that would affect a global a global empire an empire that was given up by Adam but was restored through second Adam and that we would be those and be one of those companies. That we would be a part of a remnant company. Though it appears as though we've been exiled into another land. That we are the people of the Lord. And we would see the consolation of Israel. We would even have a witness in Anor, who turns 84 this last week. Just like Anna, who waited in the temple night and day. What? That her and Simeon would see the consolation of Israel. Yes, we would. Yes, we are. The Lord has always elected him a little company, a little flock. He always has. A man child. Once a man and twice a child. Once a man elected and twice a child predestined. <laughs> That we would know the goodness of the Father's love that he shed towards us. That he loves us with an everlasting love. God would catch us up and away with him. And by all appearances, it would not be so. 
I was made for eternity. I was made for you, Lord. I was created for you. Yes, we were, and yes, we are. Oh. I watched this back in 2015. Stephen and I are worshiping the Lord. I'm caught up into the second heaven. Not the third heaven, but the second. And I saw this massive, leathery kind of demon-type being. And then all of a sudden, in my mind's eye, I began to see an angel. And the more I worshipped him and praised him while we were taken up, outside of that time and space, into the second heavens, the more I praised him, the brighter that angel became. And I watched him stand there while he engaged in brightness. And all of a sudden, that leathery-looking, hideous thing was knocked out of the second heavens. And I said, Lord, what is that? And he said, as a demon over Europe. And you'll see it. You'll watch it in the news. And then Brexit happened. That evening, this guy sends me a, a picture, and it has this like demon-like thing on the ground in uh, Britain, I think it was, on the concrete. And I wouldn't believe it. I mean, it's so subjective, but I said, man, it was the same day that that happened. And I knew then. I knew that over there in Hendersonville that we could be called up and what appeared to be so weak and so small was going to affect a complete UE economy. Bricks, it happens right after that. And I said, man, what have you put in our hands as the church? We've got our eyes on so many things externally, said, and to the, the one who is eternal. We've got our focus in the wrong place. And so we are called together to worship. Why? Well, this is your vocation, Israel. saw it. They say that Jesus we know and Paul we know, but right? Who are you? May it not be said about any of us. And when Janie McManus gets down on her knees and anchors the church, that hell is like, what is going on? The woman of God is crying out. It's just some kind of little thing. 
not just that little thing you're doing out there in Mills River. No. I've been assigned. I've been assigned to the throne. You've been assigned to him. You're his. He is yours. It's not a little thing. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. love language about the immensity of God, but every so often you get near it. You know how it says in Job, night terrors? <sighs> um, last night I woke up, and I was in the midst of this ocean, no limit to it, and I was floating like a leaf. and processing on a lot of levels, what is this? It was terror, but I knew it wasn't evil. So I was afraid, and then underneath me, I, I could see this red come up, like you might see in a movie where somebody's killed and there's blood underwater that kind of look but it was coming up and it was almost like fire 
and it reminded me of a dream I had about 20 years ago where I was in this wax and somehow it began warming up and all these little fragments were mixed in with the wax and all of a sudden they began moving and they would lift up to the surface and as soon as they hit the surface, surface they would burst into flame and they were people and they were praising God and so as we're worshiping the Lord just coupled that with a underground volcano emerging out of the depths of the sea and rising up in Daniel we talk about the rock not formed with human hand uh, no yeah and uh, knocking over the mountain I just have this sense of we are arising in ways we don't know unto yeah. a centering on God that we don't understand yeah. and in terms of a holy fear that is not petrifying that we're immobilized but it's more like a, what do they call that pyroplastic like we're liquid fire coming out and as the this volcano erupted over the surface and rose and rose and rose it was just peopled with flame or flame was peopled or whatever it was like tons of people on fire moving yeah. And let's go up to Zion was like yeah. the refrain, but it was more terrifying than that. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we will. <laughs> You're right, we will. That's what we're going to do. Yeah. So I, I just want to offer that in terms of there's a shifting happening in the depths of humanity. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are the sheep of his pasture. So he's bringing forth the dry land. So he has to flood out all the corruption, the, everything that can be burnt. And then we can burn and not be consumed. <laughs> All that. Anyway, so that I can.
the solemnity that you're experiencing is um, um, <clears throat> it's the place of the council or the sod of Yahweh that's why you're experiencing this solemnity right now um, you've been invited into a council room meeting take this. This is the place where the uh, uh, the elders are. This is the place of the um, the great cloud. The ones who bear witness to Jesus. It's the place where loyalty is the price has been purchased unconditionally by the Lord. It's the place where he's fulfilled all the requirements. It's the only way we can be here. It's because of what he's done, what he's completed. Another way to say this is the uh, penultimate courtroom. <laughs> Acts chapter 6, verse 14. <clears throat> For we have heard him saying that Jesus the Nazarene will destroy this place and change the customs <laughs> that Moses handed down to us. all who were sitting in the council looked intently at Stephen and saw his face and it was the face of an angel this man supposedly is saying things against the holy place and the law he's making a statement that this Jesus the Nazarene will destroy this place, speaking of the temple. And he's going to change the custom of the law. The one that Moses handed down to us. And those who were sitting in the council were looking intently at Stephen. Their full intention was, who is this man that is speaking? That this man, Jesus, is going to take the whole system by which we have built our entire work off of and destroy it. 
And you may hearken back to Jesus' words, and he'll say this. I didn't come to destroy the law or the prophets, but in me is the very fulfillment of these things. They're in the council room. Acts chapter 7. The high priest says... Are these things true? So he replied, Brothers and fathers, listen to me. The God of glory appeared to our forefather Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia before he settled in Haran and said to him, Go out from your country and from your relatives and come to the land that I will show you. Then he went out from the country of the Chaldeans and settled in Haran. After his father died, God made him move to this country where you now live. He did not give any of it to him for an inheritance, not even the foot of ground. Yet God promised to give it to him as his possession and his descendants after him, even though Abraham as yet had no child. But God spoke as follows. Your descendants will be foreigners in a foreign country, whose citizens will enslave them and mistreat them for 400 years. But I will punish the nation. They serve as slaves, said God, and after these things they will come out of there and worship me in this place. And God gave Abraham the covenant of circumcision, and so he became the father of Isaac and circumcised him when he was eight days old, and Isaac became the father of Jacob and Jacob of the 12 patriarchs. The patriarchs, because they were jealous of Joseph, sold him into Egypt. But God was with him and rescued him from all his troubles and granted him favor and wisdom in the presence of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, who made him ruler over Egypt and all his household. Then a famine occurred throughout Egypt and Canaan, causing great suffering, and our ancestors could not find food. So when Jacob heard that there was grain in Egypt, he sent our ancestors there the first time. And on their second visit, Joseph made himself known to his brothers again, and Joseph's family became known to Pharaoh. So Joseph sent a message and invited his father Jacob and all his relatives to come, 75 people in all. And so Jacob went down to Egypt and died there along with our ancestors, and their bones were later moved to Shechem and placed in a tomb that Abraham had brought for a certain sum of money from the sons of Hamar in Shechem. But as the time drew near for God to fulfill the promise he had declared to Abraham, the people increased greatly in number in Egypt until another king who did not know about Joseph ruled over Egypt. This was the one who exploited our people and was cruel to our ancestors, forcing them to abandon their infants so they would die. And at that time, Moses was born, and he was beautiful to God. For three months, he was brought up in our father's house. And when he had been abandoned, Pharaoh's daughter adopted him and brought him as her own son. So Moses was trained in the wisdom of the Egyptian and powerful in words and deeds. But when he was about 40 years old, it entered his mind to visit his fellow countrymen, the Israelites. When he saw one of them being hurt unfairly, Moses came to his defense and avenged the person who was mistreated by striking down the Egyptian. 
He thought his own people would understand that God was delivering them through him, but they did not understand. The next day, Moses saw the two men fighting and tried to make peace between them, saying, Men, you are brothers. Why are you hurting one another? But the man who was unfairly hurting his neighbor pushed Moses aside, saying, Who made you ruler and judge over us? You don't want to kill me the way you killed the Egyptian yesterday, do you? And when the man said this, Moses fled and became a foreigner in the land of Midian, where he became the father of the two sons. After 40 years had passed, an angel appeared to him in the desert of Mount Sinai in the flame of a burning bush. And when Moses saw it, he was amazed at the sight. And when he approached to investigate, there came the voice of the Lord. I am the God of your forefathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Moses began to tremble and did not dare to look more closely. But the Lord said to him, Take the sandals off your feet, for the place where you're standing is holy ground. I have certainly seen the suffering of my people who are in Egypt, have heard their groaning, and I have come down to rescue them. Now come, I will send you to Egypt. The same Moses they had rejected, saying, Who made you a ruler and a judge? God sent as both ruler and deliverer through the hand of the angel who appeared to him in the bush. This man led them out, performing wonders and miraculous signs in the land of Egypt, at the Red Sea, and in the wilderness for 40 years. This is the Moses who said to the Israelites, God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your brothers. This is the man who was in the congregation in the wilderness with the angel who spoke to him at Mount Sinai and with our ancestors, and he received living oracles to give to you. Our ancestors were unwilling to obey him, but pushed him aside and turned back to Egypt in their hearts, saying to Aaron, Make us gods who will go in front of us. For this Moses who led us out in the land of Egypt, we do not, not know what's happened to him. At that time, they made an idol in the form of a calf, brought a sacrifice to the idol, and began rejoicing in the works of their hands. But God turned away from them and gave them over to the worship of the host of heaven. As it is written in the book of the prophets, it was not to me that you offered slain animals and sacrificed 40 years in the wilderness, was it, house of Israel? But you took along the tabernacle of Molech and the star of the god Saturn, or Rephon. The images you made to worship, but I would deport you beyond Babylon. Our ancestors had the tabernacle of testimony in the wilderness, just as God who spoke to Moses ordered him to make it according to the design he had not, or excuse me, he had seen. Our ancestors received possession of it and brought it in with Joshua when they dispossessed the nations that God drove out before our ancestors until the time of David. He found favor with God and asked that he could find a dwelling place for the house of Jacob. Listen, but Solomon built a house for him. 
Yet, the Most High doesn't live in houses made with human hands. As the prophet says, heaven is my throne. And the earth is the footstool for my feet. What kind of house will you build for me, says the Lord? Or what is my resting place? Did my hand not make all these things? You stubborn people with uncircumcised hearts and ears, you're always resisting the Holy Spirit like your ancestors did. Which of the prophets did your ancestors not persecute? They killed those who for long ago told you about the righteous one, whose betrayers and murderers you have now become. You received the law by decrees given by angels, but you didn't obey it. When they heard these things, they became furious and gnashed or ground their teeth at him. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked intently toward heaven. And he saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, look, he said, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing, standing at the right hand of God. They covered their ears, shouting out with a loud voice, rushed at him with one intent. When they had driven him out of the city, they began to stone him. And the witnesses laid their cloaks at the feet of the young man named Saul. They continued to stone Stephen while he prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And then he fell to his knees, cried out with a loud voice, Lord, don't hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he died. Let's pray. Lord, I think out of all the sermons you've ever given me to preach, you maxed me out on this one. Because you'll not have a messenger that has not become the message. You don't want some kind of silly, filly nonsense in your house. You want reality. And if you were to mark iniquity, who could even stand? Who would even have the right to stand? And I know from you that it has to be by your blood. It has to be unconditional. I know that I'm, apart from you, completely depraved. I also know you've become irresistible. 
And I also know that you've called on us to persevere in your presence. And I know that we can do nothing without you, Lord. Take this message today, Lord. And may it give you glory and honor. May it give you the praise that you're due. In your name I pray, amen. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we were in X2M 103, Fragmas. Anybody remember that sermon? Thank you, Stephen. <laughs> and this was the line that came out of X2M 103, that the time-space barrier has been destroyed in the one new man. That the decree being the prophetic decrees and the law, the commandments, have effectively become one. In the Phragmos, he, he didn't just annul the barrier between male and female and be, between the decree and the commandment, between the Jew and the Gentile. He didn't just annul it while he was on the earth, but when he went to the cross, he destroyed that barrier. Effectively, bringing forth a one new man. And I was taken back, especially last week when we come up to X2M 104, the Palladium. And as you remember, maybe, and if you don't listen to the sermon, but at the end of David's life, right before he's going to transition out into and prepare an eternal dynasty. And you heard me bring out this concept of unconditional election before he attains unto this uh, reality. There's these four giants, one, the four of Goliath. And if you'll remember, I had looked up the etymology of their names. And one's name was Saf. And, and the Lord said, pay attention. And I said, Oh, Saf is the root of what? Sifar. And it says, and there was an unnamed brother, and he had 24 digits. You know, he had six fingers, another six fingers, six toes, another six toes. And the Lord said, do you see it? And I said, 24. And how many elders are around the throne? And then another giant's name, his name basically means the one seated in a high position on a throne, or the one seated in a high place. And then another giant, and it meant to consume all of your, your goods, to take everything that you have, your food, and take it and consume it. And the Holy Spirit said to me, do you see it? Oh, the antithesis of the throne of God. David had been seeking for a dwelling place. And you heard me say this, and I'll lay it out a little bit again for you, that we found these three principles of our salvation, the covenant of redemption, the covenant of works, and this covenant of grace, or what I began to describe to you, the unconditional election of the Lord. And what I did with you is I typed over the top of that Saul, David, and Solomon. Do you see it? 
And that Saul would find a place for the Lord. David would seek a dwelling place for God. But in Solomon, we would find a resting place. And it, like, hit me because we've been on this journey this, this last week. Collider made its first two years in. And I've always felt like I'm so far behind. You know, I like to go fast. And I've been thinking all these years, well, David established a throne for you in Jerusalem at the age of 37 and a half, and I'm 46. And I've been beating myself up over that for a while because I'm like, if that guy can do it, you know, well, so can I. I mean, why is it taking 46 years to get a, a place for you or 43 years or whatever it was? And uh, I don't know, you know, I hear the words of Paul saying those that compare themselves among themselves are not wise. But I was making a comparison. I want a throne for you in this grand United States of America, a place for your government, Lord. Let's just be really honest about it. The blue past the age requirement. So last week when the Lord's like, do you see it? Right before David dies, I'm like, wait a minute, David... David established the throne 37 and a half. Do you know when he dies? 70 years old. The Lord said to me, your company's made it up to this sapphire throne. And I, I got to tell you, I got really excited because now 70 was 46. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? You understand? And I said, Lord, we're ripping through Wait a minute. And he says, what happened at Phragmos? What is Phragmos? I've destroyed the space-time barrier. I said, oh, the glory of accelerating in two weeks, approximately 30-something years. We have. Maybe that's why some of y'all were feeling tired during the meeting. <laughs> I said, Lord, there's a weight on our group. I was like, I know these are some of the, I know these are the saints. Of, I know they're yours. I was like, what is that weight? Well, you just processed through like 30 years of your life in like two weeks. The space-time barrier has been destroyed. Because I believe this, and I don't know if this is being communicated to you properly, but I believe there's a reality that when you can behold him as he is, What? You will be like him. And we have accelerated fast, like light speed fast. I've been wanting this my whole life. I'm like this motorized thing that we do, you know, 65 limitation, maybe 80 on the interstate. This thing is so slow. Like if we could just build a light speed vehicle and we could just get on down, temp. And I finally found the way, the fastest way to a point. Jesus. <laughs> Dad, he would say when he was growing up, he's like, he's over there hitting the brake. It's not working, is it, Dad? <laughs> you know, you're going to wreck me, son. You're going to, what did you used to say? You're going to ruin me. The insurance, the insurance is going to go skyrocketing. Hey, Dad. 30 years, boom, snapped up just like that. Can you imagine such a thing? 
No. That a man's whole life as a king has now been folded into space-time 40 years, crossed through what? For a resting place of God. I've been excited all week. I've been like, man, been wanting this my whole life. I knew we could go light speed. I knew that, the, I knew that this was possible. And so I knew from the testimony of Scripture based on how the Holy Spirit led. Now, how did you get that, Carol? Well, it happened last Saturday. Kara calls me. She said, I've got this Psalms 36. I mentioned this last week. I said, oh, Psalms 36. She says, let me read it to you, honey. She reads me Psalms 36. I feel the Spirit of God come down on my head. And I said, oh, she'll do me good all my days. That woman of mine. And she has. And the Spirit of the Lord falls on my head while she's reading to me Psalms 36. And I said to the Lord, I said, I got to put this in a context. Because you know... That's what us guys all say to our women. Could you please just give me a context? Because <laughs> she just has the text. <laughs> right? You know, I need a bigger picture. She's just getting right to the point. My wife just takes it right to the point. I joke with her and I say, I will be talking about something. She's squirrel. And she just sees over there. And she's just like looking at something random. We're in this complex context. And she's Oh, it's a squirrel. The rain's falling. I was like, I know. The temperature's 27. I know. We're in the middle of, what are you doing? <laughs> and I said, I need a context. So I went and looked up the chronological life of David in the Psalms. And guess what I found? 2 Samuel chapter number 21, Psalms 36 is when he wrote it. When they're going to take out the four giants. Now, you have to be mindful in my mind, which everybody else hasn't entered into yet. Now, I'm not asking you to just have the mind of Christ, but because you might get confused in there. <laughs> but in my mind, I had wrote this note years ago, Sapphire Throne and Home. I've been keeping this note for probably five years, since 2017. Because back in the early days, before in the OOMZ days, when we were transitioning out of MZ Hop, I came under this understanding that one day the church would hit the sapphire throne. I was telling Tom this this week. I even like did the math calculation on it based on the history of our ministry and had figured out the acceleration curve of how to get to the sapphire throne because the Lord showed it to me in the shower. And I came out and I told Kara, I said, for the next phase, it's going to be called the 44 days of hell. Because I figured it out. It's going to take 44 days. And she got so mad at me. Don't ever present math to Kara. <laughs> it doesn't go well. But present recipes. <laughs> it goes better. And I said, oh, Lord, there's a path for your church to gain access into the sapphire throne. I mean, we know it says you're seated in heavenly places in Christ. But I knew that already in the not yet was not reality to me. And that I've learned this from the Lord. That there had to be a commensurate experience with him that matched with the reality on the ground. Because you can go around claiming all these promises, and that's fine. But the Lord wants reality. 
He doesn't want some kind of like floaty space thing that's not reality right now because we've heard enough of that. We've heard enough of esoteric mind and all these weird concepts. If they don't have reality in your household, then it is not Christian. And so I wait. I don't want to prophesy or say something that's not reality. Or you'll know it's not because your words go like this. They fall to the ground. They have no reality. And I had waited for this sapphire throne, and it comes up on us last week, X2M104, like out of nowhere. Why? Because space-time barrier has been destroyed. We have reality of that. The Lord gives reality of it. How? Welcome to the four giants. Secure for me a palladium, a seat in the heavens with me, so that that becomes our new reality in this ministry. And the only way into that security is the one new man by unconditional election. You will not be able to go there on your own condition. The uh, atmosphere, the laws of the heavens change as you go up. I don't know if you've ever flew aircraft, but there's different dynamics that have to be in play when you climb up into the heavens because of the density altitude changes as you go up. And so laws change as you climb. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen, like, um, what is that movie that came out uh, a few years ago? It's called The First Man. And he takes an X-15 up into the atmosphere, and he's, he's climbing out, and then he starts to get out to the top of the atmosphere, and he starts to bounce off the atmosphere. And if he would have kept bouncing, it would have threw him into like eternal orbit, and he wouldn't have been able to get back down. Oh, I love that film. <laughs> the idea of just, just taking a rocket right up into the heavens, you know, and then next thing you know, you're terrified. I don't know. That's what I love. And you're like bouncing off the atmosphere, and he's got these jets on the side of his wings. He's able to, you know, roll the aircraft down enough to pitch the nose down so that he can come back down to the earth. I think it was Neil Armstrong's in the film. And barely makes it, and that's always the way it is when you climb up into the heavens. <laughs> I say, oh, I love that. And, you know, climb again. And every time we have a worship set, that's what it's been like. We gained a little bit more altitude this Sunday. Because I knew one day we are going to hit the sapphire throne. And we did. As a one new man. Because the law, Stephen's going to say it. The law of Moses isn't going to take you there. The uh, airplane, you, the temple, airplane, whatever you've been flying in is not going to get you there. It's going to be a temple or an aircraft not made with human hands. The one new man can't fly an aircraft that's made with human hands. Because the law that it's built off of, is unconditional. How are you going to build one of those? <laughs> you don't have any rules to go by. What kind of engineering is that? You ever seen an engineer build something with no mechanical engineering drawings or a law to, like, manipulate because they understand how it works? I mean, could you imagine? We got engineer. Do you imagine building something off of laws you don't even know? How would you do that? Unconditional laws. 
What about it, Zebulun? Why? Because you were made to walk on water. So then, here I am, Sunday, Monday debrief with the Father. You've attained to the sapphire throne. Oh, yes. You know. And then I said, Lord, now what? I mean, hey, if that's going on there, then what is beyond that? And Stephen and I met, and he said, this thing with Acts chapter 7 is just amazing. He's listening to Art Katz preach on it. And he sees um, Stephen right there at the end after he's, he's in the council, the council on the earth, the council in the heavens. And he says something really interesting at the end of this dialogue. And I beheld one standing. And I said, wait a minute. And I, I'm sure they were like, wait a minute, because they were really angry because they're going to kill him. Uh, wait a minute. There's one standing. If you go back to Psalms 110.1, it says this. The Lord said to my Lord, what? Sit until I make your enemies your footstool. And what do you think's going on in Stephen then? If Stephen beheld the Lord standing, then what testimony is being said about Stephen? The Lord had found him a resting place in Stephen. Do you see it? Because you will become like him when you, as he and I said, oh, Lord. The man-child, it says, you heard me say this during worship, he's caught up to God and his. Well, I was so mesmerized by the throne. And the Lord would kind of be like, what about me? What about me? So I've been on this... Um, been in the text all week, and I am going to do my best to explain this or give you what the Word gave me. I've been immersed into the Greek. I've been immersed into the Hebrew. I've been immersed into typology. I've been immersed in this. It stretched every hermeneutic that I have, every principle of preaching and teaching I've ever had. Got exhausted this week with the man who stands. I asked him this morning, I said, what can I say? He came, he saw, he conquered. So I found, I found this, and Lord help me. Hebrews chapter 9. Let's go to 19. And for when Moses had spoken every command to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves and goats with water and scarlet wool and hyssop and sprinkled both the book itself and all the people. And he said, this is the blood of the covenant that God commanded, has commanded you to keep. And both the tabernacle and all the utensils of worship, he likewise sprinkled with blood. Indeed, according to the law, Almost everything was purified with blood. 
And without the shedding of the blood, there is no forgiveness. So it was necessary for the sketches of things in heaven to be purified with these sacrifices. But the heavenly things themselves require better sacrifices than these. For Christ did not enter a sanctuary made with hands. The representation of the true sanctuary. But he entered into heaven itself. And he appears now in God's presence for us. I, I want to show something or demonstrate something here this morning that when it says, but into heaven itself and he appears. Now in God's presence for us that this appear here is the technical Greek word, phino. It comes from the understanding of like an epiphany or a theophany. We experience this as a ministry, X2M93. And so when God comes to us in covenant, he will come to us and or appears now in God's presence on our behalf or fino. But then when you read down and you go down into the text and he said, verse 25, and he did not enter to offer himself again and again the way the high priest enters the sanctuary year after year with blood that is not his own. For then he would have to suffer again and again since the foundation of the world. But now he has appeared once for all. And so we have another appearing here. And I went and looked it up in the Greek, and the Greek word is phanero. The idea of this Greek word, and this Greek word actually showed up in our ministry here, X2M97. What I'm wanting you to see is there's been a progression of appearing. The Lord was revealing this to me that he goes from phino to phanero. And we have been receiving a, a progress into the heavens based in the Lord's appearing. There's the appearing of, in a sense of redemption uh, for us. This goes, harkens back to last week, the fino. Now, I remember when this happened next to M93, in the appearing that I know he came to me, it was appearing to deal with the pain the pain of our past and the guilt and the shame that has layered on us. He's done this because he's appeared in this way in the presence of God on your behalf. He's uh, ever living to intercede for you right now in this first appearing. Again, the way I look at this or the way the Holy Spirit was teaching me, like as unto the covenant of redemption. They've come to redeem you. I've appeared in this way, fino, even a theophany or, or an epiphany to redeem you. But then it says later on here in the text that he comes, appeared as one, phanero. He's made an end of the ages by putting away sin in the sacrifices of himself once and for all. The Holy Spirit said to me, this is like what you're preaching in the covenant of works. Or David's life cycle. 
Now, I've finarrowed you. I've come to manifest myself to you in such a way to end the covenant of works to bring an end to what you must do or what you must say or what you must be. I've finarrowed you. I've manifest myself or appeared to you in this way. And uh, this is why this is so important because of what uh, Stephen is saying. He's saying that, you know, that he was being accused. You guys, they're saying about you, Stephen, that you're saying that God's coming to put away the temple and the law. And this is what we built the whole foundation of Judaism on, really a covenant of works. He's saying God appeared in the flesh, finarrowed, to come and do away with this condition-based relationship. He's come to destroy it. He did on the cross. He destroyed or the barrier between the heavens and the earth so that he could find a manifestation within you. He's finarrowed. I don't know if you remember Acts 2 M97. I do. But I've got them all in my noggin. I remember Acts 2 M96. I remember Isaiah 52.2 up here in the Lord set. Isaiah 52.2. And the idea of 52.2 was, I read it in the Hebrew. The idea was, get up out of your seat, out of the dirt. You've been sitting in the threshold, Abraham. You've been sitting down there in the dirt. Rise up and take a seated position of honor. Get up out of the dirt and stand up to take a position or a seat of honor. I have come to finarrow you. I'm manifesting myself to my church that I have purchased a place or a seat for you. I could have told you at that moment, X2M97, I remember Austin over there, he puts his guitar down, he puts his head down. The weight of the presence of God, I remember, that was X2M96, comes in here, hardly any of us. Stephen's like, man, what's going on with everybody? I said, we feel the weight of the glory of God. Everybody felt tired and wrung out. Stand up. Stand up, Fanero. And let me manifest my life out of you. The uncreated God manifests himself because, see, you can't stand when you don't believe. But something inside of us, can't you just bear with me for one more hour, the Lord would say to his guys. Can't you just... Advance into something. I'm going after something that you can manifest life out of your mortal body and the weakness of your flesh, but the spirit is strong. You know what I mean? If I'm not operating in grace, I'm telling you, this being right here, this man will completely diminish. I've learned this. I've tried to, I don't know if you've ever tried to go back to the law to justify yourself. You'll lose all your energy. There is no energy in that mindset of works-based. It does not work for the saints of God. You must live out of the manifest glory of God. You've been, you've been changed so much so that your body cannot even adjust to that mindset. Sinai's over, you people of Zion. I must stay in the grace flow of God's finero. If I go back to the law, I will diminish my whole entire self. I'll be in a diminished state because I can't live like that. 
I've tried, I've tried to get out of God's will. I know that sounds crazy, but man, when you're being backed into a corner, you're waiting on the Lord, everything seems dark, and you don't know how you're going to make it, and your being is like this and trying, and next thing you know, you have no energy because grace flow is your energy. You Fenero is your life. The manifest glory of God through your being is your life. Your life is dead according to the rigors of that world system. It will not work for you anymore. Don't even attempt to go there. You are not to be a part of that legal base. Oh, hey, foolish Galatians, who bewitched you to return back to the law? You can't make it. I remember it scared me so bad years ago. I remember trying to order my hand to disobey God's will. Because <laughs> I got scared because I couldn't work anymore. That being wouldn't work without God's grace. I was like, tell it to do something. It's No, my own hand wouldn't disobey the Lord. I know, y'all have never done anything like that. Maybe not like that. You get backed into a corner. You don't know how you're going to make it. You know what I mean? And the Lord's wrestling with you and working you and getting his foundation in you. And you're just like, God, I can't see anything. I can't go anywhere. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't have any this and that. And they don't like me. And the Lord's like, stand up. Stand up and let me finero you. You know what I mean? Woo, woo. How does this thing work, Austin? I mean, how do you do this, man? I don't know. <laughs> this thing is goofy. <laughs> Grace is goofy, you know. Whoa. I was, a, I was like, the manifest glory of God comes into your life. And you know, I'm thinking, like you're probably thinking, man, this Fenero thing is happening. And that's what I was, I've been thinking. Until I come upon this week. And last week in that message, Gus wrote me this week. He's like, I listened to that thing five times. I'm trying to work this out, you know. It's a beautiful testimony he has of the love of God. I said, I'm sitting there thinking, just like you're thinking, Lord, I know something's changing. I don't know if I can give the best explanation, but I'm going to attempt it. And when you move through the text, back to Hebrews 9, and you're clearing down there a little bit, and it says this, and just as it is appointed for man to die once, and after that does come the JSOC, judgment seat of Christ, not joint special operations command. <laughs> That's our military, spec ops, JSOC. No, the judgment seat of Christ. Listen, I, you got to hear me. And just as it's been appointed to man once to die. And after that comes the JSOC of Christ. Having been offered once to bear the sins of many. Watch this one. He will appear. If you get anything I say today... You focus all your energy right now. He will appear. Did you know it's a different Greek word? It's opa. That's the root of it. Opa. A second time. Not to deal with sin. 
Oh, man. <laughs> I don't know how to do it. I can't do it, Lord. I just feel it. Your unconditional goodness towards us. But to save those who are eagerly waiting on him. There's another appearing. The one standing. Stephen died. What I speak to you is a mystery. What I say I do not even know. But I want to. I said, Lord, uh, technically it's opotenomai. It means to appear or the appearing. Its root is opa. It means to appear or to, to be seen. And I, you know, we have P words for every week. And I had already received this before, this message. And this week's P word is probino in the Greek. And it's, uh, it's there's five different places in Scripture where probino is used. And, and you're going to see this. So just stay with me. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 21, it says, And having gone on from there, he saw. In Mark chapter 1, verse 19, it says, And having gone on a little, he saw. In Luke chapter 1, verse 7, it speaks of both advanced in years. In Luke chapter 1, 18, it says, and my wife is advanced or probino in year, or it means to advance. In Luke chapter 2, verse 36, speaking of Anna in the temple from the tribe of Asher, and she was advanced in years. Okay, and that's it. And I said, Lord... Help me to understand. He said this to me. He said, so many have come. They've come up to me and they've come short. I want you to go on a little from there and see. It says that Anna and Simeon have been in the temple waiting to see what? The consolation of Israel. There was an eagerness in the waiting. A waiting for what? The appearing. I know in the testimony of my heart, Anna would say, Simeon would say, that he's going to come and appear to me. The very seed of God put into a woman to bring forth a child. I'm going to see him with my own eyes. I'm going to go on a little bit further and see. See what the sort of love the Father, Gus, as you're talking, writing me this week, has given us? That we should be called God's children? And indeed we are. For this reason the world does not know us because it did not know Him. Dear friends, we are God's children now. Listen. And what we will be has not yet been revealed. Fenero. It has not yet been manifested. 
we know that whenever it is revealed, phanero, or manifested, X to M97, when you stand up in the grace of God, we will be like him. Because we will see, opa, just as he is. You see it? If you backed into a corner, eagerly waiting on the Lord, we'll just go a little farther, advance, probino. You come up to the edge of your vision. Everything's at zero. You don't know what you're going to do. You've waited on the Lord. You've been patient. You're eagerly waiting. What? And every time of that exchange, you become more and more like him. You're holding him as your greatest reward. Your promise is him. And he begins to finero himself in you, manifest his life in you. You begin to partake of the divine nature. You see what I mean? You begin to partake of him. It's true communion. You think God wouldn't put you and back you into a corner? You think he wouldn't run you out of everything relationally, physically, and financially so he could stand you up in him? Oh, yes, he would. Oh, yes, he would so that his life would be in you, Fenero. And that he could lay waste inside of our mortal body to the covenant of works. The works that were written about him that he would fulfill and bring you into a state of unconditional love. To bring you into a place of unconditionality. And that you would know the Father's love towards you. Oh, man! Why? Because when we opa him, standing there, The heavens is his throne, and the earth is in you. If Jesus stands up on you, he found himself a resting place. And he came and he saw you. And he conquered. He conquered death, hell, and the grave in us. You see it? The Lord said to my Lord, sit until I make your enemies a footstool. But when Jesus stands, he found himself a footstool in you. He's no more striving with you. He found a place he can rest. found him one in Anna. He found him one in Simeon. He found him one in Stephen. He found him a footstool in the man-child. 
found him a place where he can stand. Why? Because every enemy that's exalted itself against the knowledge of God in you has been defeated. He found a place that you would agree with him in that he's unconditionally elected you as his own. And you believe him. You dared to believe that it wasn't because you willed or because you ran because of what you would do, but because of what he has already done for you. And you dared to just look up at him And he said, I'm standing. I found me a place I can rest. And foxes have holes and birds have nests. But the Son of Man, can he find a place on the earth where he can rest his head? Is he found a place he can seat his government? Yes. And all the condition of works and all the condition that we have tried to condition ourselves that he would accept us, that he's already paid for it all. Because it's been appointed for man once to die and after death to judgment. But hey, he's coming a second time. You know what I think? I think there's a second coming now. I believe he marked me with this. The old saints called it the second work of grace. We, C.S. Lewis, called it a secondary epic. I heard one guy said, down on the coast, I think, of South Carolina, he said, I don't care what you call it, Vance Havner, get a hold of him like this. Get your eyes on the Lord. Get your eyes on the one who has finished everything at the cross now. Why we have to go through so much of journey like this? When the Lord wanted to breach the space-time barrier and already did it. It's not an intellectual exercise, people. It's not even an emotional one. It's a receiving one. I receive all that you've done, Lord. I was like, man, you've had to like layer this thing in with Fino and Fenero, and now with this Opa. My eyes would see the glory that you would have a place to put your footstool down in the earth. And that God's government could be on the shoulders with us. Unto you a child has been born, but a son is given. Let's all stand together. I knew that my heart was strangely warmed when he came near me. Remember that? The old saint there... John Wesley, my heart, my heart was burning. You know what happened? An awakening happened. But people would just believe. Well, you can't have belief in belief. You just receive. Receive the finished work of the cross. Receive all the Lord's done. I can't dwell in a temple made with man's hands. Did not Stephen say that? That we would not rebel against the commandment of the Lord? How would I ever dwell in a temple that you created out of your own doing? 
All I can say to the Lord in that way is I'm just a little child. I don't even know what to do in myself. But I can humbly submit myself to you right now, Lord. Like at the beginning of this meeting, all I can do is consent to truth. And that's all the Lord wants. And you know I'll tell you what happens when I consent to Him. I feel you, Lord, that a fire burns in my chest. I feel love radiating in my whole being. Stephen knew it. Anna knew it. Simeon knew it. Daniel knew it. This end time move of God, you know it. You know it now. I speak this word over your life. I'm coming back a second time. Listen, not to deal with sin. Because I just want to save you fully. I'm coming back to the ones who are eagerly waiting on me. I just want all of you because you want all of me. Daniel chapter 7, verse 13, it says, And I saw in the night visions, Janie. I began to behold in the night visions and the clouds of heaven, and there came one like a son of man. And then he came to the Ancient of Days, and he was presented before him. This is this opa. It's the presentation came, he saw, he conquered. I've come up to the edge of everything I can perceive and know. And he says, just come a little bit further. Accelerate to the one who will stand. Place all our trust in you.
You didn't choose me, I chose you. <laughs> it's my choice, it's my predilection for you. I chose you for me. I chose you for me.
letting go. And I'm not going to do anything else but submit myself to you right here. And I can't tell you how many times I felt so alone right there. I'd feel the aloneness come into my being. I'd feel like, I don't even know if you care. I don't even know if you see me right now. It hurt so bad, the pain. And it felt like I can't make sense of anything. I, I feel this aloneness, and I feel this. I can't wrap my mind around this. But I'll tell you, as I've waited on him, time after time like that, he has met me every time. If you'll just come a little bit further, you will see. Yeah, you'll come up to the edge of your vision. You'll come up to the very edge of what you can do. That's what happens because the covenant of works. You'll come up, you'll be war slap out. You have nothing left to give. You gave everything you got. You gave your time, your money, your energy. You gave up everything. Do you see me, Lord? Yes. And I'm changing you. Because every time that you look at him, you say, I trust you. They don't like me. This thing happened again. I feel bad about myself. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm hurt. I don't even know if you care. I don't even know if you're here. I can tell you as a preacher of the gospel, he's met me every single time. And he will meet you. And he will change you. And you will become more and more and more like him. Because you will begin to see him as he is. Until he will split the eastern sky. For Stephen, he stood up and took him home. And you may feel like you've died a thousand deaths. And I don't want another one. Just come up to him. All you can do there is just wait. There's nothing you can do but just receive. And he knew this and he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. and he said this is the blood of the new covenant poured out for you do this in remembrance of me we're eternally changed now eternally made new now eternally one new man now may the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may you have peace. Amen. Bless you today.
know when I'm ready My heart is aching for the coming of the Lord I must get ready Bye. 